0: to wrap up our series leaving Egypt and as he comes to open up the scriptures uh, we're going to read the scripture together this passage comes from Luke 19 28 through 40 after Jesus had said this he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives he sent two of his disciples saying to them Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives,
1: I love that line from Jesus, that if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. It's such a powerful idea of just thinking about Jesus at creation, gathering some dust, and then the Holy Spirit breathing into that dust and creating humanity. And here he says, hey, if these people don't cry out, the stones will cry out. Well, today is Palm Sunday, and we are talking about the Palm Sunday event, the first one when Jesus arrived into Jerusalem. And, of course, that wasn't Jesus' first time into Jerusalem. It was, you know, many times he had been there to celebrate the Passover and do other things. But this moment was a tipping point. There had been three years of Jesus' ministry where he had been healing people, casting out demons, raising people back to life. And in that, the crowd started to gather and to listen to him teach. And so this time, when he arrived in Jerusalem, All these crowds were gathering in excitement for him, in anticipation of him. And in an attempt for us to put ourselves back in history a couple thousand years ago to remember that event, I want to watch just a quick video clip, you know, an artistic rendering of what it might have been like in Jerusalem when Jesus arrived and came in like a king on a donkey. So, let's take a look.
0: He raised Nazareth from the dead! Who is this Jesus of Nazareth? He's a prophet. A great prophet. A prophet? On a donkey?
1: daughter of Zion, behold thy king cometh unto
0: thee, come and meet
1: him. Son of
0: David, master, you are the hope of Israel. You are our prophet and our savior.
1: What? What were the people excited about? You hear, they're gathering, they're breaking off palm branches, they're laying their coats down, what were they excited about? Even in the the little dialogue, they said they were excited about Jesus, his miracles. They were excited about the things that he had done. And they were excited about this possibility that Jesus would rescue them and kick out the Romans and end their oppression by Rome, just as God had did back when he removed the people of Israel out of Egypt in slavery. These are some of their hopes and their excitements. And yes, they were inviting Jesus into Jerusalem as their king, which is right and true. But they may have been missing a little bit of Jesus' heavenly kingdom that he was accomplishing this time as he arrived in Jerusalem. Well, today we're wrapping up the series, Leaving Egypt. And in this series we've been looking at this idea that the Exodus story is our story. This Exodus story where God delivered the people of Israel out of Egypt in slavery and brought them into the Promised Land. That that picture of the Exodus is a picture also of our own lives and how we experience life. Because just as God did the work of releasing them from slavery in Egypt, God does that same work in our own individual lives when he saves us and brings us out of slavery to sin. And just like Israel brought out of slavery is one thing, the next step is to get Egypt out of Israel. And so we see in the story that God hears their cries and brings them out of slavery, and then he doesn't just, like, drop them off and say, all right, there you go, that's what you wanted, right? See you later. Instead, God says, hey, I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people. I want to bring you into the promised land, and I want to be in relationship with you. And that's the same story that we have in our lives as well. That God brings us out of slavery to sin and brings us up into a new life with him. And he says, I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people, and I want to do this life together. So what begins is God doing something in the beginning to release from slavery. It then moves towards something that is a personal experience, that the people of Israel had to get involved just as we have to get involved. So last week we talked about how God brought the people of Israel right to the edge of the promised land. And they looked out and they said, we want to go back to Egypt. And God's like, did not go for that. That didn't happen. But um, instead God saw that he needed to get Egypt out of them. He needed to get their desire for the comfort and the knownness of Egypt and get them instead to a place where they trusted in him, that they were living with him. And so that was a process. It was a process of getting Egypt out of them. And in order to do that, God had them in the wilderness for 40 years where it got very personal. It got very personal for them out in the wilderness where every morning they had to wake up and trust that God would provide manna for them to eat. And whenever they ran out of water, they had to trust that God would provide water once again. And it became very personal as they left The things of Egypt and became the people of God. Well, today is Palm Sunday, and it is kind of this way in Palm Sunday also that the people begin by cheering and excitement of Jesus arriving in Jerusalem. They are all full of cheers and hallelujahs and hosannas on the highest until it gets personal, until Rome gets involved, and now there's crosses and crucifixions. And the people's cheers change. They step back, no no longer wanting to be personally involved in the excitement. And this Exodus story is our story because each of us has to make it personal as well, to get involved. So many times we just want God to do all the work. (laughs) Get us out of Egypt. Now give us the new land. Now ask this. But instead, we have a role to play that God is inviting us in to participation in a relationship and to do it together. Well, several years ago, when we were beginning Platt Park Church, um, Susie and the graphics team decided on some guiding words that would guide um, our vibe and aesthetics around here. Um, some places you see this, like on our graphics that people create for um, the slides, um, also just in the vibe and the aesthetics of the space. Um, These three words are hand-touched, vintage, and natural. So the idea of natural is that we want to bring things into the space and use things that um, had a life and were grown in nature rather than being produced in a factory. So an idea of this is our lament wall where there's an old aspen tree that grew on a mountain, life, died, and then was weathered out in nature. Or old reclaimed fence that only by being out in the weather all those years could accomplish that graying and that effect in the wood. So things that are natural. Um, and vintage. Vintage reflects this value that we are a part of something that is old. This tradition of following Jesus is 2,000 years old. And we appreciate that, and we appreciate the things of the past that influence us now. And we are in an older space, and we want to appreciate this space for what it is, and not just kind of create a new over the top, but to live in the vintage. And hand-touched, hand-touched reflects our value on personal. And the idea with hand-touched is that, you know, there's an actual human being that's using their hands to create something. And that person used love and care and creativity to make that happen and to create an environment for worship here. So hand-touch is something that permeates almost everything we do because it is emphasizing the human interaction in what we do. Think about our logo, the Messy Nest. Even in that Messy Nest idea is the idea that we are involved, and it's messy. It's not clean. It's not slick. But we are here, and God is here, and this is the place where God is doing things. Another place where we emphasize hand-touched is at Communion. That when we come to the communion table, that is a very personal thing, that we are doing it together, that we're meeting with God together. And while we may, in all these years of improving things here at this, this church, you know, like, for example, adding some different projection for our screens so that our vintage eyes can read the words better, you know, we want to improve things. Um, we, the, changing the fence is to keep the kids safe and to create an environment where the kids can be safe. You know, we, we've made improvements, but one thing we are not going to improve on is our communion efficiency. Now, I know some kids t- might want to go and buy the communion dispenser 5,000 that just shoots a little cracker into your mouth and then squirts a little grape juice in. But we, we don't want to get that. Community dispenser five thousand, because we value hand touched, we value that at communion that there's a person holding the bread, looking you in the eye and saying the body of Christ broken for you. There's another person very inefficient, to hold the the juice and say the blood of Christ shed for you. We value that hand touched nature of communion, where someone is looking you in the eye, giving you a blessing, that we're in this together. And that's why I appreciate our communion servers. So many of you come and participate by serving. What a blessing it is to you to be able to serve in that way and to look at each person and give that blessing. Well, last week, we left Israel at the edge of the Promised Land. Just 18 months after being released from slavery in Egypt, they stood at the Promised Land ready to go in, and they wanted to go back to Egypt. But rather than giving them what they wanted, um, God said, no, instead you can just wander around for another rest of the 40 years in the wilderness while I get Egypt out of you and we get God and a trust and a relationship and personal into you. So going to the promised land, that was not something that was being done to them. They had to participate in that. You know, being released from slavery, that was something God did. He did the hard work in that, and now it's their part to play, to be involved in moving into the promised land, using their hands and their own involvement. So that 40 years in the wilderness prepared them to get God into them, where now they were in this place of trust, this place that they could believe that God would do the next impossible thing. Pick up today in Deuteronomy chapter 8 where once again, 40 years later, Israel's at the edge of the promised land, looking in. But this time, they are ready. They are ready to go in and to go in with God. And so this is a a moment where Moses has some words of encouragement for the people as they enter. And as I read, listen for some of the themes of what Moses is reminding them of. Moses said, Be careful. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness those 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you You need to obey every command. And you need to remember all that the Lord has done to bring you to this moment. Remember those things and remember with hope that God will continue to follow through in what he will do on his part as you get involved and take your part. Remember that you don't live on bread alone, but you live on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. This is also the lesson that we need to learn. The lesson that we need to learn and relearn and learn over again. In each season of life, in each stage of our career, in the good times and the bad, we need to learn to trust God, to learn that bread or success or comfort or anything else does not satisfy. But instead, I live on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Moses goes on and says a little bit more to prepare them for when they are finally settled in the promised land. You just think about that day in the future when they're there, they're living, things are going well. And he gives them this reminder of when you get to that moment, remember to do this. Moses said, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors, as it is today. So when you have eaten and are satisfied, you know, when you get the career, when you get the wife or the husband, when you get the family, when you get the fill in that blank and are satisfied, praise the Lord. Remember the Lord your God, that you do not live by those things, but you live by God's hand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to provide a freedom that we can be released from slavery to sin and death and brought into your family. God, I pray that as we move into the promised land or live in the promised land or have been in the promised land, that we would continue with you, that we would sing praise to you with thankfulness for what you provide. And God, that we would continue to go with you, no matter what other things pull us in different directions, that we would remain faithful with you. I pray that we would live in a way that honors and glorifies you for all our days.